0: At every baptism, we sing the words, the beautiful words of St. Paul, where he says, As many of you as were baptized in Christ have put on Christ. Hallelujah. The fact that at baptism we have indeed put on Christ as a new role, as a new life, has tremendous implications. If we have put on Christ, then we have indeed put on his love, his forgiveness, his peace, his joy. If we have put on Christ, we have put on his servanthood. Remember his words, if I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, then you also ought to wash one another's feet. If we have put on Christ, then we shall suffer as Christ suffered. We shall be persecuted for the truth as he was persecuted and even crucified for the truth. If we have put on Christ, we shall be resurrected as he was resurrected. We shall be glorified as he was glorified. We shall ascend to the Father as he ascended to the Father. And we shall sit at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. We shall partake of his divine nature and share in his life and glory, becoming, as the Church Fathers say, gods by grace, as he is God by nature and by essence. We call this theosis, becoming like God in Christ. Now, theosis is not something new. It has already happened. It happened to the human nature of Jesus at the transfiguration, when the body of Jesus, as you recall, was transfigured and shone more brilliantly, more brightly than the sun. Here we see the great potential of human nature in Christ. Here we see the potential spirituality of man in Christ. In its highest form we see it at the Transfiguration. And here we see the dust of the flesh transfigured into God's likeness in divine glory. And here we see the human body as God originally created the human body to be, radiant, resplendent, glorious. And here we see what human nature can again become in Christ by God's grace. That is the deeper meaning of the transfiguration of Jesus. The following tropadia that are sung in the Feast of the Transfiguration bring this out. They're on the top page and they're italicized. Let's read them together. Transfigured today on Mount Tabor in his disciples' presence, Christ revealed the original beauty of the image. Transfigured you have made Adam's nature which had grown dim, to shine once more as lightning, transforming it into the glory and splendor of your Godhead. We've said this before, but we'll say it again. How many times do we hear people using the excuse for their failures and sins by saying, I'm only human. What can you expect of me? You are human. But God became human in Christ to show you what it really means to be human. To be human means to be able to share in God's life. To be human means to have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, in our bodies, making our bodies temples of God. To be truly human means to be able in Christ to transcend human weaknesses and frailties and to become like Christ in whose image we were created. But all of this presupposes ascesis, we call it in Greek, struggle, constant growth in Christ. And without this ascesis, this discipline, this struggle, this constant growth in Christ, not only do we not attain, achieve our potential theosis, but we also become moral and spiritual pygmies and dwarfs. There's a method of stunting trees that, so that they never grow higher than a couple of feet. It's done by tying off the tap root so that the tree is forced to live off the surface roots. These trees beautify little gardens, making them places of supreme beauty, but they perform little service beyond that. They are rather useless in terms of providing lumber for building and shelter for against raging typhoons. They become Potted plants instead of forest giants, as they were originally intended to be. A baby in a crib is a beautiful sight to behold. But if that creature, that baby, plagued by some crippling disease, remains a crib baby after 12 or 15 years, it becomes a tragic and a pitiful sight indeed. Even more tragic, though far less concerned to people today, are the moral and spiritual dwarfs who have never attained to the height and stature that they were created for and who are potted plants instead of forest giants because their tapped roots are tied off and they have never gone deep into a personal, intimate relationship with God to draw on His strength, on His sustenance. So created to be giants, they end up being dwarfs because their main taproot designed for an in-depth relationship with God in Christ is cut off and they live on the surface of life. Father Alexander Elkaninoff, a Russian Orthodox priest, in his wonderful book, Diary of a Priest, which I commend to your reading, wrote this. It's the second paragraph on on the back page. Let's read it together. The man who denies his relationship with God, who refuses to be his son, and is not a real is not a real man, but a man stunted, the unfinished plan of a man. For to be sons of God is not only granted to us as a gift, but is also entrusted to us as a task. And only the accomplishment of this task, through the conscious putting on of Christ and God, can lead to a full disclosure, a full blossoming of each human. Personality. It is no wonder that the Orthodox Church considers man's chief aim in life to be union with God, theosis. Because man was created originally to share in God's life. life. And this is what makes him different from all of the animals. We were created to be receptacles of God's life. Without which we cease to be truly human. It said that the greatest compliment ever paid to man was was when God said to us, "Be he perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." And Leslie Newbegin, the Christian missionary who served in India for over 40 years, wrote. That's the third item down. Let's read it together. I know and believe that each person I see has a capacity to let loose in his life the risen Christ, now often slumbering, but there incontrovertibly. So there's a sleeping giant within us that needs to be released, says Leslie Newbigin. To let loose the Christ who is within you, you will be, and it will be for you, the beginning of a personal transfiguration and transformation that will be nothing else but theosis, union with God. There's a beautiful story about two caterpillars who sat watching a butterfly one day as it was flying above them. And the two caterpillars looked at the butterfly and one remarked to the other, you wouldn't get me up in one of those things for a million dollars. Of course, the unsuspecting caterpillar was little aware that he was gazing upon his own future destiny up there. And my hope through these series of talks these past few weeks, and will conclude next week on theosis, is that you will catch a glimpse of your own future destiny because it's a fantastically great one. We are destined to share in Christ's glory. His victory over death has become our victory over death. His Pascha, His resurrection has become our Pascha and our resurrection. His Transfiguration has become our transfiguration and his ascension our ascension and his glorification our glorification i read recently that the strength exerted by a tiny little plant little shoot as it pushes its stem above the earth's the ground surface is roughly 450 pounds per square inch 450 pounds per square inch of pressure in those delicate little shoots, plants, pushing their way above ground. I was amazed and awed by the power God has placed in the tiniest of his creations. And then I thought to myself, if God has given an organism the size of my fingernail, Such strength. How much more energy must I have within myself placed there by God untapped? And think of all of the aids that God has given us by which we may attain theosis. Prayer. What's simpler than prayer? the Bible in everyone's hands, the sacraments, all of the sacraments, especially the Eucharist, and we'll touch upon these next week. In many, many ways, we're like a chick within an eggshell, awakening to the fact that he is cramped in the shell and needs more space and needs more food. He begins to peck at the surface of the shell, and suddenly, it opens and he sees a brand new world of freedom, light and food before him. Now we live much of our lives as if in a shell. We are forever like the chick and his shell within an inch of real living and life. Within each one of us God has placed the capacity for unlimited Yours is the privilege of giving birth to this new potential, this new life that God has planted within you. For you have a rendezvous with glory, each and every one of us. You have the capacity given to you by Christ to break through that shell into that new and glorious life that awaits you. You have a rendezvous with fullness of life in Christ. And you have a rendezvous, as St. Paul says so beautifully in Galatians 1.27. You have a rendezvous with Christ in you. The hope of glory. I'd like for us to conclude by reading together the last two paragraphs on the last page of the bulletin written by Vladimir Soloviev, a Russian religious philosopher who died at the beginning of this century. Together, your tendencies and ambitions come from God. They are remote calls from his kindness. If you wish to be upraised unto God, if you wish to be so united with God that God is all in you, if you despair because eager to share in the divine nature, you have a glimpse of it in its inaccessible infinity, then take assurance. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are calling you indeed to ascend unto them. They are ready to come down towards you and in you in order to live as the habitual guests of your soul. They promise to your whole being, in exchange for what is good in it, a transformation, at first mysterious and invisible, but soon resplendent and glorious, a union and assimilation that will divinize you. Amen.